And here we are again with the season four of the Data Science at Home podcast. This time we have something for you. If you want to help us shape the data science leaders of the future, we have created the Data Science at Home's Ambassador program. Ambassadors are volunteers who are passionate about data science and want to give back to our growing community of data science professionals and enthusiasts. You will be instrumental in helping us achieve our goal of raising awareness about the critical role of data science in cutting-edge technologies. If you want to learn more about this program, visit the Ambassadors page on our website at datascienceathome.com. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Amethix Technologies based in Belgium. In this episode, I want to speak about a machine learning problem that has been formulated at Netflix. And uh, for the record, Netflix is not sponsoring this episode, (laughs) though I still believe that this um, problem is a very well-known problem, a very common one uh, across sectors, which is how to predict out-of-memory kill uh, in an application and formulate this problem as a machine learning problem. So this is something that, uh, as I said, is very interesting, not just because of Netflix, uh, but because um, it allows me to explain a few uh, points that, uh, as I um, said, are kind of invariants across sectors. So regardless if your application is uh, a video streaming application or uh, any other communication type of application or or a, or a fintech application or energy or whatever, uh, this memory kill, out of memory kill uh, still occurs. And what is an out of memory kill? Well, it's essentially an, the, the extreme event in which uh, the machine doesn't have any more memory left. And so usually the operating system can start eventually swapping, which means using the SSD or the hard drive as a source uh, of memory. Uh, but that, of course, will slow down a lot. Uh, and eventually, when there is a bug or a memory leak, uh, or if there are other applications uh, running on, this, on the same machine, of course, there is some kind of limiting factor that uh, essentially kills the application, something that occurs from the operating system most of the time, that kills the application in order to you know, prevent that application from monopolizing the entire uh, machine, you know, the hardware of the machine. Uh, and so this is a very important problem. Um, also, it is important to you know have an episode about this because there are some uh, um, strategies that they've used at Netflix uh, that are pretty much in line with what I believe machine learning should be about. And you know, usually people would go for the fancy solution uh, there, uh, like you know these uh, extremely accurate predictors or. Uh, machine learning models that usually have a, a massive number of parameters uh, and that try to, you know, figure out whatever is happening on that machine that is running that application. While the solution at Netflix is pretty straightforward, it's pretty simple. And so one would say, then why making an episode out of this? Well, because I think that the uh, we need more sobriety when it comes to machine learning. Uh, and we, I believe we still need to spend a lot of time thinking about what data to collect, you know, reasoning about what is the problem at hand and uh, what is the data that can actually tickle the particular machine learning model. And then, of course, move to the 
actual prediction uh, that is the actual model uh, that most of the time it doesn't need to be one of these super fancy things that you see on the news uh, you know uh, around chatbots or or gaming uh, autonomous gaming uh, agent or drivers and so on and so forth so there are essentially two uh, data uh, data sets that uh, uh, the people at Netflix uh, focus on, uh, which are consistently different, dramatically different, in fact. And these are data about device characteristics and capabilities, and of course, data that are collected at runtime and that give you a picture of what's going on in the memory of the device, right? So that's the so-called runtime memory data and out-of-memory kills. So the first type of data is, I would consider it very static because, you know, it considers, for example, the device type ID, uh, the version of the uh, software development kit that application is running, uh, cache capacities, buffer capacities, and so on and so forth. So it's something that most of the time doesn't change across ses sessions. Uh, and so that's why it's considered static. In, in contrast, the other type of data, the runtime memory data, as the name says, it's runtime. So, you know, it varies across uh, the life of the session. It's collected at runtime. So it's very dynamic data. And example of these records are, for, are, for example, profile, movie details, uh, playback information, current memory usage, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the data that actually moves and uh, moves in the sense that it changes depending on how the user is actually using the Netflix application. Uh, what movie uh, or what profile description, what movie detail has been loaded for that particular movie, and so on and so forth. So one thing that, of course, the first difficulty um, of the first challenge that the people at Netflix had to deal with was how would you combine these two things, you know, very static and usually small uh, tables versus very dynamic and usually large tables or views. And well, there is, you know, a, some sort of join on key that is performed by the people at Netflix in order to put together these uh, different data resolutions, right? Uh, which is data of the same phenomenon, but from different sources and with different, you know, carrying very different signals in there. So the device capabilities is uh, captured usually by the static data and, of course, the um, other data, the, the runtime memory and out-of-memory kill data. Uh, these are also the, you know, the, as I said, the data that will describe very, you know, pretty much, pretty accurately how is the user using that particular application on that particular hardware. Now, of course, when it comes to data, and there, there is nothing new that uh, people at Netflix have introduced, you know, dealing with missing data, for example, uh, or incorporating uh, knowledge of devices, it's all stuff that, you know, it, it, it's part of the so-called data cleaning and data collection strategy, right? Uh, or data preparation. That is, whatever you're going to do in order to make that data or a combination of these data sources, um, let's say, compatible with the way your machine learning model uh, will understand or will read that data. So if you think of a big data platform, the first step, the first challenge you have to deal uh, is, uh, you have to deal with is how can I, first of all, collect the right amount of information, the right data, but also how to transform this data 
for my particular big data platform. And that's something that, again, nothing new, nothing fancy, just the basics, what we have been uh, used to, what we, what we are used to see now for the last decade or more, uh, that's exactly what they do. And now, let me tell you something important. Cyber criminals are evolving. Their techniques and tactics are more advanced, intricate, and dangerous than ever before. Industries and governments around the world are fighting back, unveiling new regulations meant to better protect data against this rising threat. Today, the world of cybersecurity compliance is a complex one, and understanding the requirements your organization must adhere to can be a daunting task. But not when the pack has your back. Arctic Wolf, the leader in security operations, is on a mission to end cyber risk by giving organizations the protection, information, and confidence they need to protect their people, technology, and data. Their new interactive compliance portal helps you discover the regulations in your region and industry and start the journey toward achieving and maintaining compliance. Visit arcticwolf.com slash data science to take your first step. That's arcticwolf.com slash data science. I think that the most uh, important part, uh, though I think they're actually equally important, but the the way they uh, treat runtime memory data and out-of-memory kill data uh, is by using sliding windows. So that's something that is really worth mentioning because you know the way you would frame this problem is something is happening at some point in time, and I have to kind of predict that event that is usually an outlier in the sense that there are these events are quite rare, uh, fortunately, because otherwise Netflix would not be uh, as usable as we believe it is. So you would like to predict these you know, weird events uh, by looking at an historical view uh, or an historical amount of records that you have before uh, this particular event, which is the kill uh, of the application. So the, the concept of the sliding window, the sliding window approach is something that comes you know, as the most natural thing anyone would do uh, and exactly that's exactly what uh, the researchers and, uh, and Netflix have done so unexpectedly I, in my opinion they treated the this problem as a time series uh, which is exactly what it is now they of course use this um, sliding window uh, with a different horizon five minutes four minutes two minutes as close as possible to the to the event because maybe there are some let's say, other dynamics that can raise when you are very close to the event or when you're very far from it, like five minutes far from the uh, out-of-memory kill, might have some other, let's say, diagrams or shapes uh, in the data. Uh, so, for example, you might have a certain number of allocations that keep growing and growing, or eventually they grow with a certain curve or a certain rate uh, that you can measure when you are five to 10 minutes far from the uh, out-of-memory kill. When you are two minutes far from the out-of-memory kill, probably these trends will change. And so probably what you would expect is that the memory is already half or more saturated. Uh, and therefore, for example, the, the, the operating system starts swapping or other things are happening that you are going to measure indeed. And, uh, uh, and that would give you a much better picture of what's going on in the, let's say, closest neighborhood of that event. The time window, the sliding window and time window uh, approach is definitely uh, worth mentioning because this is something that you can apply, uh, if you think, pretty much anywhere, right? Now, what they did in addition to uh, having a time window, a sliding window, 
they also assign different levels uh, to memory readings that are closer to the uh, out-of-memory kill. And usually these levels are higher and higher as we get closer and closer to the out-of-memory kill. So this means that, for example, we would have for a five-minute window, we would have a level one. Uh, five-minute means five-minute far from the out-of-memory kill. Four-minute would be a level two. Three-minute, it's much closer, would be a level three. Two-minute would be a level four, which means like kind of the severity of the, you know, of the event as we get closer and closer to the actual event when the application is actually killed. So by looking at this approach, uh, you know, nothing new there, even a, I would say, a, not even a seasoned data scientist would have understood uh, that, you know, using a sliding window is the way to go. I'm not saying that Netflix engineers are not seasoned enough. Actually, they do a great job every day to keep giving us uh, video streaming platforms that actually never fail or almost never fail. Um, so spot on there, guys. Good job. Uh, but looking at this, you know, sliding window approach, the direct consequence of this is that, you know, they can plot, they can do some sort of graphical analysis of the out-of-memory kills versus the memory usage that can give the reader or the data scientist a very nice picture of what's going on there. And so you would have, for example, and I will definitely report the, uh, some of the pictures, some of the diagrams and graphs in the show notes of this episode on the official website, datascienceatom.com. But essentially, what you can see there is that there might be premature peaks at, uh, let's say, a lower memory reading. And usually these are, uh, you know, some kind of uh, false positives or anomalies that, are, that should not be there then it's possible to set a threshold uh, where the threshold to, to start lowering the memory usage because after that threshold, something nasty can happen and usually happens according to your data. And then, of course, there is uh, uh, another uh, graph about the Gaussian distribution or, in fact, no sharp peak uh, at all. Um, that is, like, kills or out-of-memory kills are more or less distributed in a normalized fashion. And then, of course, there are the genuine peaks that indicate, you know, the kills near the, let's say, the threshold. And so usually you would see that after that particular threshold of memory usage, uh, you see most of the, uh, the out-of-memory kills, which makes sense because, you know, given a particular device, uh, which means a certain amount of memory, certain memory characteristics, a certain version of the SDK, and so on and so forth, you can say, okay, well, for this device type, I have this memory threshold, uh, memory usage threshold, and after this, I see that uh, I have a, let's say, a relatively high number of out-of-memory kills immediately after, the immediately after this threshold. And this means that probably that is the threshold you would like to consider as the critical threshold you should never or almost never cross. So once you have this, you know, picture in front of you, you can start thinking of, uh, you know, implementing some mechanisms, mechanisms that, you know, can monitor the memory usage and, of course, kind of preemptively deallocate things or keep that memory threshold as low as possible with respect to the critical threshold. So you can, you know, you can start implementing some logic uh, that prevents the application from being killed by the operating system uh, so that you would, in fact, reduce the rate of uh, uh, out-of-memory kills overall.
Now, as always, um, and uh, as also the engineers uh, state in the in their blog post, in the technical post, they say, well, it's much more important for us to uh, predict with a certain amount of false positive rather than false negatives. Uh, false negatives means missing a, an out-of-memory kill that actually occurred but got not predicted. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, that statement should resonate with you because this is exactly what happens, for example, in healthcare applications, um, which means that doctors or algorithms that operate in, uh, uh, in healthcare uh, would definitely prefer to have, you know, a bit more false positives rather than more false negatives because, you know, missing that someone is sick means that you are not, you know, providing a cure and you're just sending the patient home when he or she is sick, right? That's the false positive. It's the miss. Sorry, that's the false negative. It's the miss. But having a false positive, what can go wrong with having a false positive? Well, probably you will undergo another test to make sure that the first test is, you know, confirmed or, uh, or not. So having a false positive in this case is relatively okay with respect to having a false negative. And that's exactly what happens uh, to the Netflix application. Now, I don't want to say that, of course, Netflix application is as critical as, for example, the application that predicts a cancer or, or an x-ray or something on an x-ray or disorder or disease of some sort. But what I'm saying is that there are some analogies when it comes to machine learning and artificial intelligence and especially data science the old school <laughs> data science, uh, there are several things that kind of are, uh, uh, let's say, invariant uh, across sectors. Uh, and so, you know, two worlds like the media streaming or video streaming and healthcare are, of course, very different from each other. But when it comes to uh, machine learning and uh, uh, data science applications, well, there are a lot of analogies there. And indeed, in terms of the models that they use, at Netflix to predict, you know, once they have the sliding window data uh, and essentially they have the, the, the ground truth of, of where this uh, out-of-memory kill happened and what happened before to the memory of the application or of the machine, well, then the models they use to predict these things, is these events, is uh, artificial neural networks, XGBoost, AdaBoost or adaptive boosting, ElasticNet with SoftMax and so on and so forth. So nothing fancy. Uh, as you can see, XGBoost is probably one of the most used. I would have expected even Random Forest. Uh, probably they do. They've tried that. Um, but, you know, XGBoost is probably one of the most used uh, models on, on Kaggle competitions uh, for a reason, because it works and uh, it leverages a lot the data preparation uh, step uh, that solves already more than half of the problem. Thank you so much for listening. I also invite you, as always, to join the Discord channel. You will find the link on the official website, datascienceathome.com. Speak with you next time. You've been listening to Data Science at Home podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.